Hello and welcome to a special edition of Inside the Groove. Special because I am joined by two Madonna fans, hosts of the MLVC podcast. Welcome to Stefan and Tony. Hi. Hey, Edward. Uh, we are in New York City and we're so excited to be on your show. We've brought our Madonna puns. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to hearing them. <laughs> so let me get this right. You're both in New York City, but you are living separately. You're not together. Is that right? Separate houses. Yes. I'm in Brooklyn and Stefan is in Chelsea. Yes. We're keeping socially distant for the podcast. Yes. Representing the boroughs. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any kind of rivalry about the best places to be in New York? Which is it? Brooklyn or Manhattan? They're equally sexy. <laughs> West Chelsea has an interminable amount of construction going on, so right now even I will favor Brooklyn over West Chelsea. Uh, I understand. We got, we got all the restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to invite you guys onto this show because a couple of months ago you invited me on to the MLVC podcast, which I loved. It was a great experience and you have such a great podcast. Do you want to explain it to the listeners of this one who might not know about it? Yeah, so we started MLVC last April out of a need to discuss Madonna's upcoming album, which at the time we thought was hashtag magic. And, uh, you know, Stefan and I got on the phone and three hours later we realized this could have been an episode. So we just kind of took it from there. Uh, we, you know, both kind of learned this as we went along and there were a lot of ups and downs and tantrums and fits, <laughs> but in the end, you know, uh, we kind of followed up the rollout of the Madame X experience you know from the singles to the to the album to the tour and you know and then organically we kind of you know brought in some of the the fans of madonna that you know are kind of legendary in you know madonna fandom and one thing led to another and we just you know we're just going week by week and it's just it's just been really been, been really fun to learn so much more about madonna that you know i never thought that I could learn something new and every week I learn something new. It's, it's been really rewarding and it's, it's been um, great to bring this to people, especially during lockdown and um, <laughs> it's helped us as well. You know, the thing that impresses me most about your show, and, and I love it anyway, mm -hmm. is that you get some really, really good guests on there. I mean, you've had me on for a start. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're in good company, Edward. Well, indeed. <laughs> and Stefan, who have you had on there all together? Yeah, we've, I know, we've been really privileged to speak to a lot of wonderful people on the show. And like Tony had said, we've had some super fans on to talk about their many Madonna experiences. I mean, we've spoken to illustrators, DJs, musicians, teachers. We've gotten to speak to film and TV actor Guillermo Diaz, singer Bright Light, Bright Light. We had Grammy-nominated songwriter Sarah Hudson, who co-wrote uh, with Dua Lipa and Katy Perry. Uh, this season, which has been fantastic, we've been able to have a bit of a Blonde Ambition series going on. We got to speak to Nikki Harris for a double episode because Nikki just loves to chat and we couldn't cut her off. No. <laughs> uh, Donna DeLore came on. We've had some of her backup dancers, Kevin Stay, Oliver Crooms, Louis Extravaganza. We've also spoken to Madonna's personal trainer, Marlene Ortiz. 
Christian Vincent, who was the dance captain for Drown World Tour. And then coming this week, here's your exclusive, Edward. Coming this week, <laughs> we get to speak with Alex Magno, the choreographer for both Girly Show and Drown World Tour. And let me just preface this by saying he tells us all some details that both Tony and I had never heard before. So it's a must hear, a must listen. Yeah, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. He had so much amazing information. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah, we, I mean, we could have talked for hours. Wow. And we're like, no, let's just move on, move on. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds really good. But listen, guys, I want to get going because I've asked you on the show because I want to find out what is Madonna's most underrated track. And I've asked you both to go through the decades and have a think. Maybe it's a B-side, maybe it's an album track, or perhaps it's a single that just didn't get the attention it deserves. And I've turned this into a game and I want you competing against each other. You both get 20 seconds as we go through the decades to sell me what you think is the underrated track. And I'm going to pick the winner and then the overall winner at the end of that. So let's get going. Are you All ready, right. guys? I am up for the challenge. Yeah, bring it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, I'm going to start with you, Tony. Are you ready? What's your song? I'm so ready. I'm early. <laughs> okay, so... For the 80s, I choose Spanish Eyes, also known as Pray for Spanish Eyes. What a choice. Oh, I love that song. Okay, Tony, you get 20 seconds starting now. Yeah, so this is just a great example of the balladry that Patrick Leonard and Madonna are capable of. You know, um, this is a song that is right up there with Lip Tell, with, um, you know, any of the great ballads done with Patrick Leonard. So I think that this needs to be looked at again. It also has that, you know, Spanish groove that time's all... up okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a convincing argument i have to say uh spanish eyes mm -hmm. is just maybe just an album no. track but i think it underpins yeah. the album itself because it's got everything in it that you think of like a prayer you've got the the christian imagery you've got death you've got uh, you know it's a big ballad and it, and i th i think that without Spanish Eyes, Like a Prayer, would be a far lesser album. But I often wonder, what's it about? Is it about AIDS? Is it about gang I warfare? I think that the lyrics could go both ways. Um, it's definitely about loss, and it's definitely about being Latino and going through some difficulties because of that. So, um, yeah, you know, with Madonna, you can also you can take it into any any interpretation you like. Yeah, because she very rarely is literal in her lyrics, so I think there is a hidden meaning. Um, yeah, great choice. Well, this is a brilliant start. Well done. I have to go over to you now, uh, Stefan. Give me your song. Okay, so my song from the 80s is going to be Angel off of the Like a Virgin album. Mm.
Again, another great choice. Okay, your 20 seconds starts now. So, Angel is a quintessential early Madonna song. Her laugh in the beginning hooks you in, and then her delicate early vocals grab you and don't let go. The thumping bass line, the synths, the chorus, it's upbeat, infectious. If any other artist had recorded this, it would be a song they would constantly perform because it's that damn good. Damn, Stefan came to play. <laughs> and now I can breathe. <laughs> wow, and you kept within 20 seconds oh as well. Oh my God, no pressure, no pressure. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed, I'm impressed. I mean, what can I say? It's a classic Madonna and Stephen Bray composition. Once again, they've got, oh, they write such brilliant bridges to their songs. It's a mm-hmm. lovely song. You've got uh, Nile Rogers' production. Um, yeah, an absolute classic. And I think because it's one of those songs that didn't make it onto the Immaculate Collection, it kind of gets yeah. forgotten from the 80s. Yeah, it's one of those, I mean, you hear it, they'll play it on like adult contemporary radio all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're in a local pharmacy or whatever, you hear Angel or if you're in a doctor's waiting room or something. But you don't, it's never, like, she doesn't do it on tour. You know, she never, it's never on a Greatest Hits compilation. There was no video, which I thought was a huge missed opportunity. And the 12 and 3 mix is a little fragmented, too. Yeah, and you just sort of forget about it. But, which is crazy, because if you listen to it, like, if that had been a song done by, like, I don't know, like, Debbie Gibson or whatever, she'd be doing that at every single performance she ever does for the rest of her life. True. <laughs> it's true. I mean, Madonna's got so many strong songs, so many 10 out of 10 songs that she can she can cast mm-hmm. some of them aside and, and you know, uh, and, and forget about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a tough one. I'm going to go with Tony with Spanish Oh, oh And I'll explain why. I think I'm going to go back to what I said about how Spanish Eyes underpins Like a Prayer. It's got all those themes that you think of in Like a Prayer. And if you took it off, it would be a less album. If you went to True Blue and you took off Jimmy Jimmy, would anybody care? (laughs) I I would actually, I would recommend taking Jimmy Jimmy off that album. Yeah, yeah. I don't think many people would disagree with you. Oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. Um, Yeah, so we we have a winner for the 80s. Well done to Tony. Time to move on to the 90s. Are you ready? Go, Tony. It's I'll Remember, a theme from With Honours. This song went to number two, and it was there for a really long time, but I swear I wouldn't let it go to number one. I feel like it's really underrated. It's a, you know, soundtrack song, and I feel like this was Madonna's redemption song after the erotica backlash. Okay, well, we, we still have time on the hung-up clock. Nice and, job, Tony. Good and plus, job. it's a, another Patrick Leonard collaboration. Uh, and who doesn't love yeah. a good Pat Leonard song? Oh, I love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's really weird that a lot of her film soundtrack songs do tend to be the ones that get Ab- overlooked. I don't know, because I feel like they might be some of her stronger, more, you know, for lack of a better word, cinematic songs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I really like this song, and I discussed it mm-hmm. with Darren Hayes on the 
recent episode, and and the video. Yeah, I mean, she looks great. She looks stunning. Yeah, who 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 doesn't want a good key light like that following their <laughs> eyes around? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you seen the movie with honors? I saw it when it opened, and um, I don't think I ever saw it again. <laughs> I had a crush on uh, Brendan Fraser in that movie. He was so beautiful. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but I think that most people would say that the song is the best part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, Patrick totally. Leonard did the score, and there are some like beautiful like cues, musical cues, you know, that involve that you know interpolate. Um, with uh, I'll remember, but otherwise, yeah, there's really nothing of note. Yeah, yeah, very good choice, Tony. Okay, Stefan, stiff competition here. What's your song for the '90s? <laughs> so for the '90s, I'm going dance. Uh, I'm going with deeper and deeper. Interesting choice. Okay, go with your 20 seconds now. Okay, so Madonna decided to take pop music into the clubs with this song. It's early 90s house heaven. Her voice is commanding. There's anthemic chorus. The flamenco breakdown is weird, but it somehow works. <laughs> By the time Madonna samples the Vogue lyrics, you realize you'd never want this song to end. And the video is pure perfection as well. Bravo. <laughs> I mean, nobody could deny that's not one of Madonna's strongest songs. Um, and I agree with you there. But what's your reasoning for saying that it's somehow underrated? Why do you think it's not as well known? As so the- for underrated, I th- I had dated a guy a couple years back and he had never heard the song before. And none of his friends had heard the song what? before. Sacrilege. And I was literally, my mouth dropped to the floor and I thought, how is this possible that you don't know the song? And I think early, like early Madonna fans such as us, we were, you know, around when the song came out. But if you were a later Madonna fan, sometimes those big singles that came out get lost in the shuffle because they, you know, I mean, I, I know so many like 20 something Madonna fans who just don't know deeper and deeper and just doesn't resonate with them as much. And I think that that's a shame for them, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I definitely think, you know, she's done that more on tour than some of her other, you know, like as opposed to angel, but I still feel like people forget about deeper and deeper sometimes. Not me. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the second single thing. Madonna often releases a sort of statement track first for the album, and it's the second single, which is the the banger. And, you know, Deeper and Deeper is is possibly suffering from that. I mean, this is really tough because because it's a great song, uh, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Uh, and so is I'll Remember. And that's brilliant. And I think it possibly is more underrated but at the same time stefan deeper and deeper it can't get enough love <laughs> you win oh, okay thanks and you you sold it to me stefan but i have to ask when this guy said he didn't know the song did you dump him yeah, well we're no longer together if that tells you anything <laughs> right right too i i would have just walked <laughs> yeah. out yes um yeah wow okay so that's one all How's your competitive streak going between the two of you? Oh, it's 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 great. I'm 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 at the ready. I'm chomping at the bit. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the 21st mm-hmm. century. 
to the noughties. Do you guys call it the noughties? Not as much as you guys do, but I started to, for lack of a better word, you know. Because <laughs> you say zero, don't you? Uh, we say yeah. noughts. Or just nothing, you know. What do you call that decade then? Um, they don't. Yeah, I guess the noughties is what early two thousands. Early two thousands, yeah. yeah. We're very uncouth here in America. Yeah. We we don't have anything. We don't have anything classic or tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tony, what's your choice for the two thousands? Okay, my song is "Future Lovers" from the Confessions on a Dance Floor album, two thousand five. You don't have to try too hard on this one. <laughs> I love it. Um, but okay, here's your 20 seconds starting now. Okay, I'm a Mirawise purist, so this is actually the big Mirawise-produced standout on Confessions on a Dance Floor. Um, she opened the Confessions tour with it. To me, it's iconic. It's disco. It's new wave. It's Madonna. It's everything in one, and she commands with the lyrics. Stop. She commands with her performance. <laughs> well done. I mean, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's a fantastic mm -hmm. song. It's really interesting because although it's inspired by Donna Summer, obviously, yeah. um, I feel love. Quite rare for Madonna to copy mm -hmm. someone else or be inspired, but she really makes it her own, I think. She does, yes. Um, Stefan, what do you think of the song? Uh, you know what? I love uh, Future Lovers for sure. When she opened that, I... I was not a huge fan of the song hearing the album version. And then when I saw it live and she opened with that, I was like gobsmacked. I thought it was, I'm, I'm like, how did I not listen to the song before? And, mm -hmm. um, and I, but I think had it not been for the live performance, I might not have been as cuckoo bananas for future lovers as I am now. I always wondered why future lovers didn't open confessions for me. That made more sense, but I get it. It's, you know, the first single, Hung Up. So, Yeah, I guess Hung Up was a huge commercial mm -hmm. success. Um, the thing I like most about Future Lovers is nobody has said administration in such a more sexy way. Loans. <laughs> I also thought that Future Lovers was a, I mean, yes, it definitely blatantly tips its hat to the Donna Summer song, but I also think it was um, a very highly influenced by that Kylie Minogue song where she... Light years, yeah. Light years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Good point. You're it right, is. Stefan. Light years and future lovers were birthed from I Feel Love. <laughs> yeah. It, it, light years, like, because of how Kylie talks about, you know, yeah. like, get in on the plane with her and I'll be your bursar today and this and that. Thank you for flying KLM Air. <laughs> So yeah, it, Kylie is the flight attendant and Madonna is the loans administrator. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stefan, what's your choice? Okay, for... so I'm ending the, the naughty aughts with uh, Celebration, the song.
So it's all about the Benny Benassi remix for this track. The production ticks off all the boxes of a classic Madonna song. It's a huge banger. There's sexy talking, she beckons you to join the party, the yes, the no more hesitation, and the classic Madonna laugh are all there. And her harmonies on this track are absolutely beautiful. You are really good at keeping within the time limits. <laughs> well, I, since you were timing us, I had to write this down. I, there's no way, or else I'd be like stuck on one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. I know, me um, too. Uh, it's a great song too. Um, the interesting thing about Celebration is that she was done with her deal at Warner's, and she basically had to put out a greatest hits, went to Paul Oakenfold and said, what have you got? Took a bunch of songs, wrote some lyrics, and that's what we ended up with. Really, but you're right, the Benny Benassi mix yes. is the best. Yeah, it's a little harder than the Paul Oakenfeld remix, so you can sort of see why she went with it, because at the time, Benny Benassi was making such a huge impact in the clubs and with his remixes and self-produced songs. And I think she was smart with using that version as the video version. And then I just think forever, you know, like I thought it was such a great song to slap on a greatest hits compilation because like I mentioned, I feel like she went in and said, let me bring some of my favorite items from previous eras, you know, my laugh, the sexy talking <laughs> yeah. and, and include them all in one song. You know, here's a song about a party. Here's a song about dancing. These are all things that Madonna does throughout her catalog. And I thought she sort of just like mashed them all up into one big, huge dance track. And it's a shame that it wasn't bigger because if you listen to it, like it's a damn good dance song. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, I, I challenge anyone to not want to get up and dance when they hear that song. And it was great on tour as well as the closer for Sticky mm-hmm. and Sweet. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's almost the quintessential Madonna song, mm-hmm. really. It's kind of got all the ingredients that you need. Um, I mean, it's, has it aged? Well, I don't know. It's it's a good listen um, but often when songs come out, um, if they don't sound really, really current, you focus on that. But years later, when you listen back um, and you just hear the song for what it's worth. And also, if you listen to her isolated vocals, um, there's I think they're floating on YouTube somewhere. Yes. Uh, the, yes. Just the acapella version of that song. You can really appreciate how beautiful her vocals sound on yeah. that song. You know, the, the harmonies that she comes into with the It's a Celebration She sounds Mm -hmm. stellar. She's really, really good. And people don't appreciate that about it. You know, Stefan, I think you've won. (laughs) It's a celebration. It's a tough choice because I really like Future Lovers and Mm -hmm. maybe it should have been a single. But but Celebration, yeah, I think just, just gets the edge on that really it's just justice for celebration (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um so one to tony and two to stefan so it's all about (laughs) this uh this final round now um okay Mm -hmm. so we're into the 2010s now tony give me your choice from the three albums that she released in the 2010s um Underrated for sure. Beautiful Killer, which was a bonus track on MDNA and should have been on the first pressing. Mm. I love the song. I think it's great. Like a samurai, you can handle the heat. Makes me wanna pray for a haunted man. You can call my name and I'll be around. Maybe I'll let you shoot me. Beautiful face, a beautiful killer. 
Okay, mm-hmm. your 20 seconds starts now. Beautiful killer. Madonna's voice sounds like the Madonna that I like to hear. And it, she just sounds easy, effortless, sexy. There's an amazing performance that she did uh, in Paris at Olympia. Uh, check that out. But I think it's just a beautiful song and it needs more love. Yeah, a bit of a nod to die another day in that one. So let me get this right. It was only on the deluxe version of the That's album. right, yes. Remember, there were different iterations of MDNA. There was a... Uh, there is one CD that doesn't have gangbang on it. And then there's another edition that does have gangbang on it and ends at falling free. And then there's the deluxe versions that have like all these extra songs and uh, beautiful killers ended up on the deluxe version. Okay. So what song would you take off MDNA and put beautiful killer in the place of? Oh, that's easy. Superstar. (laughs) (laughs) I, I cannot. Sorry guys. uh, If there's any superstar fans out there, but I just, that, that was, that was a low moment in Madonna fandom for me. Yeah. I mean, generally MDNA is not loved, but it has its moments. It has moments. It has some good moments. Love spent is still, you know, the biggest yeah, I mean, I think we need a little bit more love for Love Spent. It's it's a great song, really great lyrics. Um, Stefan, what song would you take off MDNA to put Beautiful Color on? In, uh, you in know what, place? I'll go with Tony with saying Superstar. I mean, <laughs> I think uh, MDNA I love as an album because I think it's 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 hard, it's it's dance, it's sort of angry, yeah. and it's. I think the album itself is underappreciated just from you know the Madonna catalog. Yeah, Superstar sort of sticks out like a sore thumb because it's so sweet and saccharine. And I and I get that, like, maybe because of the Super Bowl performance, her and Martin Solveig were like, let's come up with some sweeter stuff so that way Gimme All Your Lovin' doesn't sound so out of place. Um, but yeah, Superstar, I think, is the one, like, Gimme All Your Lovin' and Turn Up the Radio still sort of fit a little yeah. bit. But Superstar, it's the ooh-la-las, it's just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's turn up the radio is more turn off the radio for me. <laughs> well, the demo version that Martin Solveig did with um, Sunday Girl, that is heaven. And I love listening to that. And when I had heard that that demo was going to be the Madonna song that she was working on with him, I was so excited. And then the album version came out and I was like, what did they do to the song? How did they change it and make it terrible? Mm-hmm. Not that turn up the radio is terrible, but it's... Um, the, the demo is far superior in my mind. Absolutely. Okay, so final song we're going to hear, and it's over to you, Stefan. What's it going to be? Okay, no okay. pressure. I know, no pressure, no pressure. Uh, I'm going to go with Ghost Town off of Rebel Heart. Oh, good. Okay, your 20 seconds starts now. Okay, so Ghost Town should have been a number one song. It's the most Madonna, Madonna song she's done in years. Gorgeous vocals that are reminiscent of Karen Carpenter and a chorus that you cannot ignore. It's a powerful mid-tempo ballad and the apocalyptic video is superb. Yep. You've done that in like about 10 seconds. Well done. I mean, tell me, why was it not a hit? Come on. 
I, you know, I, it's weird that it wasn't, I, I mean, a lot of people throw the whole, oh, she was too old to be on popular radio. Uh, I mean, she even did a performance with Taylor Swift at yeah. that, um, the, what was it, Billboard or the radio, American Is Radio Is that the one where or, you can really see the height difference between them? Yes. Yes. Yeah, where, where Madonna looks like a little midget compared to tall Taylor Swift. The Hobbits. Uh, yeah, it's just weird. I, I don't get it with that song. To me, I thought, I remember when the leak happened where the first, um, she put that first six songs out, um, like on Christmas Eve or something, whatever it was, and Ghost Town was the first song that I had hadn't heard from the leak of the Rebel Heart album, and I was mesmerized by listening to the listening to it on the train on the way home, mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh my God, this is like it sounded like a Madonna song we had heard before, but like nothing we had ever heard before at the same time." I was surprised it didn't go to number one either. I felt. The, upon first listening, that it was going to be like "Take a Bow" or even "I'll yes. Remember." You know? mm. Yes. Mm. Do you think? Do you think that maybe she made the wrong choice of first single, and and "Ghost Town" should have been the first release from that album? Mm. Maybe. Mm. Possibly. I do feel "Living for Love" was not a great lead single for that album, and I don't know why. I, I still feel maybe it came down to the mix of "Living for Love." Um, I really wanted to love "Living for Love," and. Yeah. The tour version or the version that she used on uh, the Paris show, that version, I was like, okay, that's the one I she should have released with the video and should have released as the single. I think the album version was a little too low key. Anyway, I, I digress. Yeah. Yes, Ghost Town would have been a great lead single in my mind, but she, she probably wanted to come out a little bit more dancey and hard. And mm-hmm. as we all know, she was meant to release the album or the song on Valentine's Day. So maybe she wanted something with like a lift, a lifting up love message, and Ghost Town is not is not like that. Well, they were also meant to release the you know the laces on her cape, and that didn't happen. So oh, stop! Don't bring up that. That's a terrible moment. <laughs> and she came back rising from the ashes. Yes, <laughs> I I really love her look in that video. She looks like a dystopian. Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. She's got that beautiful hat. Yeah. Who doesn't love Madonna and a cape? I mean, come on. I know. Well, and that dance that she does, I mean, that's it's so beautiful. I was watching it earlier. And it, uh, yeah, the song, the video, I mean, it's all just, she looks gorgeous. And I know mm-hmm. those hair extensions are fake, but she still looks beautiful. So I have to make a decision here. And this is a really tough one to choose between Ghost Town, which is, is brilliant and should have been a big Madonna hit. But then you got Beautiful Killer, which, I mean, really should have been on the main album, should have been track number two or three, and should be better known. But I could choose between the two. And I'm going to go with Tony with Beautiful Killer. I think that's the one. Sorry. Although, you know, Ghost Town is a great choice. I mean, I will chime in and say Beautiful Killer definitely has some of the, like, catchiest hooks that Madonna has written in years mm-hmm. in that song. Definitely, definitely. So where does that leave us? I think that's two all, is that right? Well, I guess we're tied. <laughs> oh. All right, I'll arm, I'll arm, I'm arm wrestling Tony for the win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm going to decide now between all four songs that have won across the decades, which is the ultimate, because I will then do an episode specifically about Ooh. that song. Intrigue. So, I'm waiting with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one. Okay, 
so many top Madonna songs you've talked about, like Spanish Eyes, Beautiful Killer, um, I'll Remember, um, you know, all these really, really great songs that are very mm -hmm. important and should get more attention. But I, I want to think what is the song that really is kind of like an ultimate Madonna song that people just don't talk about and don't, you know, uh, it's going to be Celebration. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, Celebration it may not be the best Madonna song ever or the greatest hidden secret, but I just think it's been long enough now and we should be uh, kind of mm -hmm. celebrating it. it it's it's really good pop song. It's a dancey pop song. It's got the talky bits. It's got the sexy granny voice that she does. You know what, Edward? If uh, the nation of Madonna was asked to submit a song to uh, Eurovision, it would be Celebration, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... It's kind of Madonna writing to order. She's gone, right, um, I'm going to do an album, which is greatest hits. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be a bit of a celebration. I know, I'll call it celebration. Um, but that's part of the reason why we love Madonna, is that, you know, she is yeah. brand Madonna. She knows what she's doing. She knows what the public wants from well, her. Well, I also love, and I'm sure you'll go into a deep dive with this when you cover the song on the isolated podcast for it. But I loved, one of my favorite things is I loved that she used the basis for celebration on the, the sticky and sweet European leg of the tour when she oh. did Holiday. I love that because she hadn't released Celebration as a song yet. That's but right. She like put it out there for us and it's like, oh, look, here's a new song, but I'm not going to actually sing the lyrics. I'm going to give you Holiday instead. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. You've taught me something. That's a, that's that's yeah. A go back and listen because she didn't do it on the American leg, so I didn't get to see it. But if you look online, any of the holiday from like the European leg, you'll hear you can hear celebration in the. It's not the Benny Benassi remix; it's the original Paul Oakenfold, mm -hmm. and you can hear it in the. That's the music that she uses, and I'm not sure if she intentionally did that so that it links up to holiday, or if it was just a happy coincidence. But I like to think because. Celebration was being used to launch the greatest hits that it yeah. was intentional. You know, Madonna knows. She's yeah. smart. She's got it. No, that's got me thinking something. We should do an episode about the first and second legs of the Sticky and Sweet tour. <laughs> mm. Good point. Well, Good and point. then come on, Frozen from mm -hmm. Sticky and Sweet is one of the best numbers she's ever done on tour. I, I'm still, it's still a crime that she didn't do it on the American leg. Oh my God, let's not hijack Edward's podcast. Sorry, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is fine. This is great. This is, this is why I've got you on. It's less work for me to do. <laughs> Um, well, 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 thank you. And I, I hope there's not going to be any fights between the two of you now that, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I don't mind. I can't. As, you know, as with anyone who, like, if you, if you don't like a certain Madonna song and somebody else does or a certain tour or a video or whatnot, I like to say there is room for all mm -hmm. the love. You know, just because you don't like a certain Madonna song doesn't mean that it's a bad song. I mean, unless, exactly. you're, unless you're talking about Jimmy Jimmy. But um, <laughs> Poor Jimmy Jimmy. But yeah, yeah. Pl I, plenty I, of room for everything. Yeah, and I, on the other hand if someone tells me they don't like that specific madonna song i want to know exactly why and you know you have to give me good points too you also ask for their address so you can show up with a baseball bat afterwards tony i mean it's very, <laughs> very hey, dangerous it's a celebration <laughs> <laughs> you know it's interesting though because i've discussed this with you pair before but part of being a fan is talking about the stuff that you don't mm -hmm. like you know and and that's why we enjoy it um, apart from Jimmy Jimmy and maybe Hey You. Oh. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Talk about a forgotten Madonna track. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Hey yeah. You needs to somehow be erased from Madonna history. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, we we say this a lot of times. There's a lot of people who want to celebrate everything that Madonna does, and I think that that sort of does her a disservice. You mm-hmm. know, as an artist, if you just embrace everything that an artist puts out, you're not being objective, in my yeah. opinion. And I think Madonna has been around for so long, and she has such an amazing catalog of music and a body of work that it behooves us as fans to sit down and analyze and say, I think this was a misstep. Mm-hmm. I think this was a, an achievement. I think this deserves more attention. You know, it's because to lap it all up is just, I mean, in my opinion, it's like, no, there's some, there's some missteps, but it's yeah. okay. Cause she, look, she got back up, dusted herself off and she delivered us a golden mm-hmm. album. So yeah. Well said. I agree. I, I agree with you as well. Um, there's something almost evangelical about some fans you know those ones the stands that love everything and push everything and promote everything and everything's brilliant and nobody is allowed to think that anything madonna's ever done is wrong i think if if you were the sort of person that had the opportunity to meet mm. madonna and you told her that you just loved everything that she did i think she'd actually think less of that person than someone that was able to say you know yeah. I, I like this one but i wasn't looking on this yes. one because and you know maybe we should have a joint uh, interview with oh, madonna hopefully one day <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure it's on the cards. We'll, we'll work on it, sure. <laughs> listen, guys, it's been so great to have you here and join me and listen to your opinions uh, and hear about your podcast as well. There's plenty of room for all of us. Um, so uh, j- just remind me, you put out an episode every week. Is that right? Yeah, we, we, we strive to put out an episode a week. And if we don't, we take a week off. But we're always back mm-hmm. every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Edward. Edward. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to listen to your podcast, and thanks for having us on your show. It's great. So the next regular episode of Inside the Groove coming soon will concentrate on the song Celebration, the story around that Greatest Hits album and the song uh, and a few of the other songs that were recorded for it. And I will play you the multi-track and I'll also go into the Benny Benassi remix as well. I think other than Express Yourself, um, it's probably the other exception where the remix might be better than the actual version, Um, but we can discuss that. So that will be available to patrons um, within a few days and to the rest of you guys uh, about a week later. But there will be a regular episode and another regular episode after that. So tune in for now. Well, I'm off to have a celebration. Let's get it started.